142nd Psalm, verse 5, and it reads as thus. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquietest within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Let's look at the 42nd Psalm, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquietest within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Let's look at the 43rd Psalm, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquietest within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. So now again, I tell you, turn to your neighbor and ask them, is there a yet praise in the house? All right. Let's go back to the 42nd Psalm, verse 5. As you see, all three of those verses, they're all saying the same thing. When David wrote the 42nd Psalm, he was in trouble. He was on the run. But it was a psalm that he had, right? A psalm that although he was in trouble, although he was in despair, he had to learn to encourage himself. He had to learn to go through and go through almost with the, not a chip on his shoulder, but with a little spunk in his step because life was getting to him. Life was getting to him. And if we could be honest, we all have been through it. 2023 has been very interesting. And some of our 2023 was a carryover 2022, which was a carryover 2021 which was a big spillover from 2020, right? But we've had to reel, we've had to go through things, we've had to endure some hardships. But in the midst of what we've gone through, if we're honest, we still saw the hand of God. And some have the testimony that I may not have seen his hand, but I had to trust his heart that what he says about me, although I don't see the manifestation or see it materialize, I have to trust that he loves me. Yeah. I have to trust his heart for me. Yeah. That when he says that I'm the apple of his eye, yeah. that when he says he takes good pleasure in blessing his children, yeah. that I have to trust his heart that says that no matter what I go through, he won't leave me nor forsake me. Right? So David, like we, he's in the middle of some hard times. He's in the middle of some crushing situations. He's in the middle of some uncertainty. But he asked himself, why are you cast down? Well, what does it mean to be cast down? Well, first of all, we just look at the two words. Cast down means to be thrown. To be cast is to be hurled, thrown, projected. Right? But he said down. So you've been thrown, hurled, projected down to the ground, which we know that can be a, 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 a simile to or, or, or some type of um, thing that we can refer to as 
a position as something we've gone through or could physically mean that you've been thrown down, right? That you've run on hard times, that what you've been working towards, that you've been walking towards, you lost your footing or you've been tripped up and you've been thrown to the ground. You've been hurled, you've been taken off course and your very stability, which are your feet, the ground under you, you find yourself laying on it. Sometimes, if you grew up where I grew up and you had bigger brothers in the street, guys who may not be biologically related to you, but just other families in the town, they will come and grab you and beat you up and throw you to the ground, right? Anybody in here last name Hardwick? <laughs> See, I grew up when, I grew up in a time when anybody, any male child that's older than you, if he knew someone in your family, he had the right to come beat you up. He had the right to come hit you just to check you, just see if you were a man. Bow, hit you. Right? And sometimes you would fall to the ground. But in that falling, in that checking, I had to find a reserve in me to get back up. David is asking himself, why are you cast down? We've been hit before. We've gone through things before, so there's something we should know. There's some familiarity in this ground that I just hit that I should know how to get back up. That I should be able to find something in me. There's something around me. There's something that I've depended on before that I should be able to latch onto now that's going to help me get back up. So why am I cast down? Not why am I suffering? Because we're going to suffer. Not why am I going through, because we're going to go through. That's the biggest lie that's being told, that if you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everything else is a sweet pie in the sky by and by. I've run into more problems when I gave my life to Jesus. I've had more hardships than when I turned away from living outside in the world. Can I get a witness? It's the last Sunday in the year. We could tell the truth today. Right? So it's not that you won't go through these things. It's not that you won't deal with hardships. It's not that you won't deal with loss. It's not that you won't deal with pain, suffering, and all of these things. But why am I cast down about it? Why am I turned over about it? Why am I turned off? Why am I now in a position of instability? Because remember, our stability comes from standing on our two feet. So if I'm cast down, then I'm not stable anymore. I'm off of the thing that gives me stability. So why am I unstable about what's going on in my life? Right? Because look at the question again. Why are you cast down? Why am I feeling this way about my turmoil? Why am I feeling this way about what I'm going through? Is that an alarm? All right, well, we'll keep going, right? But why am, I, why am I responding to my hurt in a way that keeps me from being stable and secure and what I know helps me, right? But he says, but look who he's talking to. He says, why am I cast down? Oh, my soul. There it is. There it is. Because notice he didn't say anything about his body. 
He didn't say, why is my body hurting? Why am I suffering through this pain? He said, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Right? What's our soul? Our soul is our, the seat of our emotions. We have our feelings, our intellect, and our will. Right? What we feel to do, what we know to do, what we desire to do. That makes our soul. So what's going on in my feelings? What's going on in my feelings that is causing me to turn from what I know is right? What's going on in my feelings that's causing me to turn away from my desire to keep moving forward? Right? What's going on in my feelings that's causing me to lose sight of what I know is right and my desire to follow that? When we get into trouble, a lot of times, we get in our feelings. Let's be honest. No matter what the situation or the issue is, our first response a lot of times is very soulish. A lot of feelings, very emotional. Now there's nothing wrong with emotions because God gave us emotions. That's what makes us human, right? Your emotions is what give you your characteristic. But responding or being very emotional is where things can go wrong. Right? I like the way Tony Evans says it. Tony Evans always says, there's nothing wrong with your emotions. They just can't drive the car of your life. Your emotions have to be in the back seat. Right? Because if we respond, if, if our actions are caused and influenced by our emotions, a lot of times we'll make the wrong decision. Let me take a few of y'all back. Your first love. How many of you are with that person right now? That was an emotional thing. Oh, you st oh, still with your first love. God bless you, sis. Out of all of us in here, she the only one raised her hand. Right? Right? She the only one. One out of 200 people. Right. So that means all the rest of us made an emotional decision to be with that person. Right? Thank you. Case in point. Right? But a lot of times our emotions will cause us to make the wrong decision. Right? Our emotions, how we feel, will cause us to do things in the moment, but that's not prudent for our future goals or endeavors. That's why you have so many people making wrong decisions now. Why you have so much bad legislation happening. Because people have these emotions, these feelings, but it goes against reality and what should be. I feel like this, so I should be this. No, you are what you are, and you may need help with your feelings. Feelings change. Your emotions change. What you felt about this seven years ago might be different in that seven years, right? So we can't go by our feelings. So what's happening in our feelings that's causing us to lose sight of what we know, our intellect, right? And then our desire to do that or to follow that. David is asking that question. And that's a question for us even today. Why are we so hemmed up with what we're dealing with that we lose sight of the word of God and then lose sight of following what he says in the midst of what we're going through? Right? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you cast down? What's happening to me that my feelings got me so jacked up? Not that it's wrong. Right? We're not discounting your feelings. We're not discounting emotions. Never want to do that because, again, that's what makes us human. 
So when we start discounting emotions, discounting feelings, we dehumanize. Right? So we never want to dehumanize a person, but we do have to take corrective measures. Right? Because although how we feel may not necessarily be so. Right? Because we can get lost in feelings based on facts. But what we know is the truth of the word of God. Right? See, what happens when the facts don't match up with the truth? The fact is you're going through, but the truth is God said that I will keep you in perfect peace. Right? The fact is I may be sick, but the truth is that Jesus is a son of, um, of righteousness and he can rise on healing wings. Right? He's the great physician. He can heal all manner of diseases. Right? So our emotions get caught up with the facts of things. Our emotions get caught up with the facts of life. But see, our intellect and our desire should drive us to the truth of the word. And that's what David's getting at. And then he also says, and why are you disquieted within me? Why are you so quiet? Not only quiet, but you shut down. You ever seen a person who's been so beat up by life that their soul is quiet? Their very existence doesn't make noise. Their very existence cease to be heard. They're in a room, but no one knows that they're there. Have you ever been to that point? Have you ever been to that point where you've been so hurt, you've been so beat up, you've been so disappointed, you've been so let down, you've been so ostracized that even when you're in a room, no one knows you're there? Because your soul your very existence, your person is quiet. And not quiet because you're surveying the land, but quiet because you feel that you have nothing left to give. You have nothing left to offer. You feel like the weight of the world has got you so down so much that if you open your mouth, that's going to be the last. And he wanted to know, why are you disquieted within me? Because he realized that there was still life in him. He realized that the spirit that God gave him was still alive, but right now is disconnected. So he's realizing a disconnection. Because when people get to the point where their souls are dead, things happen. When people feel like there's no value left to them, then why am I here? Suicide rates go up. Depression goes up. But when we realize that the spirit that God put inside of us is looking to connect to our soul to reach back to the Holy Spirit, which gives us life. Right? And that's what David is looking for. He realizes something's off. He realizes something's not right. And sometimes we have to get back to that, get back to basics. What's happening? What's happening to us right now? What's happening to us in, uh, or happened to us or what's going to happen? What is it that we think is going to happen that's driving us away from the truth of God's word and what he says about us and how we respond to that? Right? What's happening in our souls? Why isn't that connection? Why isn't the spiritual connection the spirit man that God gave us, why isn't that attaching to our souls which should bring life to our bodies? Right? Because that's the way it's supposed to flow. 
But what happens is our souls get too caught up with our bodies, what's happening in the, the, the physical realm, that we ignore the spiritual. And our souls are impacted. Right? Our souls are going to be impacted. Let's get this. Our souls are going to be impacted by one of two things. Either by the natural realm, right? Which our bodies are in, which Satan controls, and then our souls are infected. But our spirit man is dormant. Or you could be impacted by your spirit man that God gave you which is attached to the Holy Spirit, receiving signals from the Holy Spirit to our spirit man, which then infects and impacts our souls, which drives our bodies to act and operate in this world. Right? That's the flow. But what has happened sometimes, again, back to our emotions, what happens sometimes in this world, which impacts our flesh, which then infects or in, uh, uh, put, puts uh, damaging uh, signals into our soul, causes us to be separate or severed from our spirit man, which is hearing from the spirit, but we never get the signal. We never get the signal. And David is one. what's going on? I'm not hearing that frequency. We have to get to a point that not only do we hear God, but when aren't we hearing from God? What do you do when you don't hear from God? What do you do when you don't get that signal from the Spirit? Right? That's why we have to fast and pray. That's why we have to turn away from all, all physical, natural visible things so that we can hear the invisible spiritual right we have to turn away from the needs of this body that's why the body's turn over the plate because you need to eat but right now you need spiritual food natural food ain't gonna help you and truth be told when you're going through the right thing you won't eat natural food anyway right oh y'all got me working up here let me get this little drink Let's say amen for Pastor Chris being in the house. And Pastor Chris, you owe me one, so I'm a, I eat big, all right? I, I like to eat food. <laughs> no, but we, <laughs> we have to be honest with ourselves, right? When we start speaking too much out of our emotions, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because remember, your soul is receiving signals from either your spirit man, that God breathed into all of us, that pneuma, right? Or you're receiving signals from your flesh, which is being controlled by or it's, the flesh is operating in this world that's controlled by Satan. So you're either get, ultimately getting signals from Satan or you're getting signals from the Holy Spirit, which is God, right? Third person in the Trinity, right? But when your soul starts, your, your emotions start speaking to you too much, and taking control over your bodily functions too much outside of the truth of God's word and the desire we should have to fulfill his word, Houston, we have a problem. And David had reached that point 
he reached the point that I realized there's a problem. I realize something's not right. I realize that something has turned off that I need to be on. Right? This is that work that happens after salvation. This is that work that James talks about. Right? He's not talking about of works that makes you saved. He's about works that come after you're saved. Right? Because we know that no one is saved by works. It's by grace alone. But if you look at that same scripture in Ephesians, it says that we should do the good works that God has prepared beforehand. Right? But when we're doing those works, we now become more in tune with the spirit. When we do those good works, when we work in the vineyard, when we work in our lives, when we work on ourselves, we can then hear from the spirit more clearly. And when you don't have that frequency, that signal, that Wi-Fi signal is out, you're like, well, wait a minute now, I'm doing too much. I'm doing the most right now, or I'm feeling too much. Because remember, if we're dead in Christ, why do we feel so much? I thought dead men couldn't feel anything. Right? If we died in Christ, and not the life we live now, not I, but it's Christ that lives in me, then why do we feel so much? It's a process. It's a process. Right? But David realized it. He realized, he said, why are you disquieted within me? But then look what he says. Hope in God. Hope in God. Now remember, this is the same brother who just asked himself, why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why have you lost your stability? Why are you off of um, solid ground? Why are you out of sorts? Why are you going through this? Why are you responding this way? And then why are you disquieted within me? Why do you feel so low? Why do you feel so in insignificant? Why do you feel like you can't be seen or heard? Why do you feel like we aren't anything? He, then he says, hope in God. But look what he did. He realized where he was and where he wasn't. He realized that he found no, no, no strength or encouragement within himself, but he went to an external source for encouragement. Right? That's the other side of your soul. Your intellect. I may not feel like I'm a child of God, but I know because he said it. I know I'm his child because he said it. I know that he will deliver me because he said it. I know that he can heal me whenever he desires to because he said it. I know that I'm saved because he said it. I know that I'm filled with his spirit because he said it. Not because of how I feel. Because if we live this Christian life based on how we feel, none of us would do much of anything. You think Jesus got a bad PR team now? Because God is great. It's his PR reps that don't do too well. And y'all know we are his PR reps. The church. Right? But if we went on our feelings, we wouldn't walk this walk nearly as much as what we do now because we walk by faith and not by sight. Your sight is a feeling. Right? It's a sensation. It's, it's, one, it's one of your senses. Right? By sight. But that's why we keep being reminded to walk by faith 
and not by what you see. Right? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Oh, y'all read that before. Right? So that means we have, we have the tangible response to something that's intangible and can't be seen. Or as a matter of fact, we operate in the tangible response to something that can't be seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance. You can feel substance. You can see substance. It's tangible. You can grab it. You can lay hold to it. The substance of things hoped for. But the evidence of things not seen. So it's proof that what you don't see is actually there. You may not see God working on your behalf, but you know because of his word, and I have faith in it, that he's there. You may not see your healing according to the doctor's report, but I know that I just keep walking by faith that soon and very soon, God will make a way for me to be healed. And even if he doesn't heal me, he'll give me strength to just keep marching on. <laughs> right? So we have that hope, but we have to activate it by what we know. Now ask somebody, is there a yet praise in the house? Right? So David has gone through all of the lamenting. He's gone through all of the pain, the tests, trials, sufferings, everything. But now he's bringing himself back to where it should have started. With God. He said hope in God. Now we have to be honest and really be honest. Do we know who God is? Do we really know who God is? Now, truth be told, we can never really know who he is because if we can know everything about God, then he would cease to be God because we can understand him, right? So we'll never know the fullness of God or the, 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 full, the full totality and breadth of God, but we can know enough about God to blow our minds here on this earth, right? One of my favorite, favorite preachers preached a sermon, the unchangeable isness of God. Who is God? God is creator. God is master. God is Lord. God is king. God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. God is all power. He's all knowing. God created everything. God created all things. God doesn't, God doesn't live inside of time, but God exists outside of time and watches time as time moves forward and then tells time to back up or to move forward or to stand still. God not only has all power, but God is all power. God controls all power. God tells power when to be powerful and when to be weak. God tells power who to go to and when to take it back. God controls power. There is no power outside of God because God is all power. God is above all, before all, and will be at the end of all. I think Jesus said he's the Alpha and Omega. We have to rehearse who God is to help us remember, to get it back in our intellect, that part of our soul, so that our will, our volition, our desire will be to follow and to trust in spite of what our feelings are saying. He said, but hope in God. We have to get back to who God is. 
I think sometimes we put too much power in our own hands. And then when the world beats us, we become discouraged. A lot of times we made ourselves too powerful. We made ourselves, we made ourselves too strong. We made ourselves little gods. And then when Satan and his minions show us that we're not, then we get discouraged and won't trust God. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We operate in the power that God gives us. And then when we can't get through on our own, there's a God in heaven who sits on high and looks low. And come and see about when we walk in our kingdom assignment, when we run into obstacles, the king comes down. The king comes down. If you look back in, in ancient times, when, 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 and the Bible even talked about this, uh, Jesus gave a, gave a parable of, of a ruler who sent his servants, right? But when a king sent his servants to carry out his bidding, and if they came back and told of opposition, the king came down with his army to check on why his regents weren't able to be productive or successful what he sent them out to do. When we walk in our kingdom authority and we run into opposition, the king comes down with his army to see why we weren't successful and they begin to plow the way so that we can move forward. Right? That's who our God is. God is not some doting old man just sitting on in a big old chair with a horn in his ear because he can't hear too well. Right? That's not God. At least that's not the God I serve. Right? But we have to really get back to and engage God for who he is over and above what we feel and see. Right? He said, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Now, this is why, why I call this, is there a yet praise? I shall yet praise him, right? I shall, meaning I will, I determine, I make myself, I will intentionally, deliberately go out into a praise, open my mouth, offer sacrifices. I will intentionally determine, I will make it my business. I will do nothing else but be intentional about praising him in the midst of what I'm going through. I shall. Right? We know praise. The fruit of your lips. You can praise by rock, waving your hands, rocking. You can do it. Anything is praise to God as long as it's giving to him. Right? But that word yet. That word yet. Three-letter word. Very powerful. Because the word yet, the word yet, it just simply means that there's an expectation of something to come in the midst of it not being there. It's the unyielding expectation, the unwavering expectation of something to come, but it's not here yet. It's 1225, December 31st, 2023. If all things are held constant, there'll be a bunch of people either outside standing in front of a ball in the cold 
a bunch of people in churches, a bunch of people at parties or whatever. But no matter what they're doing while they're there, the expectation is that 2024 will come and it's going to be better than 2023. Didn't get here yet, but people are planning and preparing. People are taking naps now so they can stay up late later on. I am not the only one that used to hang out on, stop it. Some of y'all look familiar. Uh, Bentley's, Bentley's, Bentley's over there, I see it, I see it. Right, right? Webster Hall, I see you. The Roxy was over here, I ain't gonna turn this over, so you see it, the Roxy, right, but stop it. But the expectation drives you to preparation. Expectation will drive you to preparation. You ladies that all have babies, y'all know, when you're expecting that baby to come, you start preparing, right? Start nesting, start cleaning things, painting the room, getting the room together. You don't even know what you have, and no, but the baby's coming, right? But because we expect 2024 to be better than 2023, we do everything we know to do to prepare because we expect, although it's not here yet, we're still going to do what we need to do. David said, for I will yet praise him. So that means he started praising long before the deliverance came. He started praising long before he got his answer. He started praising long before things started to change. He even started praising before he changed. He just knew that my God is going to do what he said he would do. My God is going to come through in a pinch. My God is going to make a way out of no way. And even if I have to dance, even if I have to stand in front of this wall, I'm going to dance in front of this wall until he makes a door for me to go through. So I will yet praise him. All I'm saying to you is that no matter what 2023 has been, no matter what 2023 has brought you, just know that if you plan on walking into 2024 with God and Jesus Christ, just know that he'll make a way out of no way. Just know that he'll deliver you when there is no deliverance. He'll send healing when there is no healing. And even if he doesn't change your situation, He'll change your heart. He'll fix your soul. He'll clean you up and he'll make you whole. Come on and give God a yet praise. Give God a yet praise. Give God a yet praise. I don't have it yet, but I know God's gonna make a way. I may not be out of this yet, but I know God is gonna deliver. I may still be sick, but God's going to make a way for my healing. In the name of Jesus, my children may be acting up, but I know that in due season, God will turn things around for the good of them that love him. Give God a praise. Give God a yet praise. You don't need to see it. You know that God can do it. You know that God can do it. Y'all sit down and let me finish this. Sit down and let me finish this. Woo! Hold on, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I just thought of something, and I'm gonna end on this. In the ocean. And y'all gonna tell I watch too much Nat Geo. But in the ocean, 
in the upper levels, is, you can still see the light in the water, right? But as you go deeper, it gets darker, right? And it's hard for animals to see, right? And the hunters can't see their food. But the dolphins, <laughs> the dolphins, the killer whales, they are some of the most successful deep sea hunters, not because they can see, but because of something called sonar. <laughs> something called sonar. Sonar is just simply sound that goes out and it bounces off of objects and brings you back a picture of what's in front of you. Right? You can't see the food, but when you send out the right sound, you get an image of what's in front of you. Not only do you get an image, but you get distance of how far away it is from you, and you know how to close in on it by just sending the sound. Right? And when it's dark, whether it's deep sea or in murky waters, the dolphin performs better than most because they use sound. They send out clicking noises. And when it bounces off of something, that image comes back to them. And they'll know either to move from around it or to go in for it. In life, it gets dark. <laughs> in life, trouble comes that makes your vision blurry. Or what you see isn't something you want to see. So what we have to do and stop walking by our sight, it says we walk by faith. But hold it, you walk by faith, right? But how do you get this thing called faith? Faith comes by hearing. <laughs> and hearing of the word of God. So when you're in the darkness of your life and you need to know when to move forward or when to move out the way, Send out the word of God. Speak the word of God. And it'll come back to you, let you know, should I proceed? No, nope, move to the right. Should I proceed? Yeah, go forward. Because the word of God will give you sight even when your eyes can't see what's in front of you. So when we walk by faith, <laughs> when you use the word of God, you can yet praise him because although you don't see it, you can send the word of God out and you'll see your deliverance before your eyes pick it up. You'll see your substance before your eyes pick it up. You'll see the blessings before your eyes pick it up. You'll see the deliverance before your eyes pick it up because you'll use the word of God. You'll speak the word of God and that image will come back to you. And we know that the word of God he said, when I send my word out, it won't return back to me void. <laughs> but it's going to accomplish everything that it was sent out to do. So I ask you again, is there a yet praise? Is there a yet praise in the house? We're going to shake this house until 2024 comes because we trust God. We believe in God. We trust in his word. We stand on his love. We live by his righteousness. We live by his holiness. We declare his goodness. We walk in his justification. We walk in his sanctification. Give God a praise.